Um, all right, guys, this is actually a really going to be a special podcast because we have Veronica sitting here. I'm like really um, excited about Okay, we'll just wait till well, we I brought Jonathan, so... Okay, Veronica. I've known Jonathan for Veronica, 16 years. You, you gotta look at where the mic is. I know, I'm just getting adjusted. I was I'm, trying I'm, to get Dinah. about a fist away. Come here. Is that good? Yeah, well, just... Come you here. need to be close. <gasps> Come sit with me. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Maybe a little closer, yeah. So we won't be able to hear we you. Have, uh, <laughs> we have Veronica here, and Veronica, this is, I think, like, maybe the first time that she's... Second gotten like a guest though like veronica wanted she thought it would be a really good idea to have jonathan on who is a physical trainer i'm a personal trainer i'm also a pastor i've known veronica for like yeah, 16 about years. 16 17 years mm-hmm. um well we met at 24-hour fitness and to and she trained with a couple different people um and then she started training with me probably in 2012 we trained for about a year. She was in and out and stuff like that, which is pretty normal for her. And then we just uh, reconnected probably about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, probably about three years ago at, at my gym here in Westlake. So uh, Veronica was like, yeah, like Jonathan, he's a spiritual guy. He, he What made you want to? Well, I've heard because – when me and Sarah would work out, he would. You have to talk. He would have Bible study. I'm not on. I can tell. You are. I'm not up. <laughs> um, he would have his Bible studies while me and Sarah were like finishing our sessions and stuff, and so like I could overhear what he was saying, and he has a cool way of talking about it. And just like when we have conversation, I'm like, whoa, like this is just like right in a line. I just knew you would. With, and be into it and his knowledge is yeah it's in line with like the stuff that we're that we want to be talking about mm-hmm. the, the way of life that we that we want to be living yeah sometimes we get distracted you were just saying something <laughs> well life is full of distractions yeah it is also you, i was telling him about a little bit about seattle like how you grew up and how you ended up here and just like how is it really interesting yeah, I mean, one of the things, as being a pastor, um, one of the things I've come to know is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is very practical and straightforward. It's not this esoteric thing that's so far away from you that you can't touch it, that you can't live it, that you can't, that it's not a, a part of you and who you are. And it's something that changes you. It's not something that you have to change for. Um it just changes you. And the more and more you learn about Jesus and, and who he is, it, just, it has the effect of, of changing you. And that's one of the coolest things about it. I was talking with Veronica about it a little bit. I think last week, um, you know, so much of Christianity today has turned into the, what do I have to do to be a better person? And I got to do this and I got to do that. And the focus, I think, has shifted so far off of Jesus that it puts so much of the emphasis on us as mm. people that that's why a lot of people end up falling off is mm-hmm. because they're so focused on themselves when Jesus was the exact opposite. The Bible tells you that Jesus thought nothing of himself and that's why he gave himself as a ransom, as a redemptive price to bring us back into a right relationship with God. He didn't he didn't come to establish a religion. Jesus didn't establish Judaism or Christianity. 
if anything, he rebuked the hell out of Judaism that was being practiced in his day. And I, I would arguably say if Jesus were to come back and see the condition of Christianity today, he'd probably flip over some of the tables in a lot of the churches that you see. Because I know for myself, uh, if I went into some of the churches, I'd probably flip some of those tables over too. Uh, but the focus has shifted so far off of him where it's supposed to be and onto us. Well, you know, I could just go right into it. For You know, one, I'm not really down with religion, and I, I'm not really down with the Jesus thing because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, I live by the principles. I read the principles that he taught, yeah. and it's changed my life on a daily basis. But I just don't get the Jesus thing. Like, people are like, Jesus, Jesus, you know, and... Most of them I just write off as mentally ill or emotionally broken. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. But there's a few like, like, that I really respect, uh-huh. and I know they're smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I just wish I could understand because yeah, me too. I don't get it. Oh, I mean, I, I, I do understand, but I just don't know, like, for, for a fact that Jesus was exactly what, we're supposed to think, I don't know if he was, you know, he may have been, um, you know, just a, just a, a, a smart dude. He may have just been like a scholar. He may have been mm-hmm. a teacher. He may have been, I don't know. He may have been the son of God. He may have, he may have risen from the dead. I don't know for sure. Anything. All I know is right. the shit that, that was written is like really amazing way to live your life. Yeah. But just so you don't think I'm coming at you. I have a bad history with it because mm. I grew up with uh, religious people, Pentecostal. But uh. They're smoking crack. They're twelve-year-olds getting pregnant downstairs, you know. And so, and then they're telling me, "Oh, the world's going to be, a, you know, over in three years," and you know, walking around all fucked up on drugs and shit with a Bible. And so, it just like automatically when I hear Christian or Jesus, I'm just like, "Fuck off," you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, one of the things, I mean. We've all had bad experiences with everything. You probably had some bad food. You probably had some bad women in your life. Right. But it makes sense. It never stopped you from eating. Right. You know? So, I mean, I always hear people. It stopped me from listening to people who talk like that, though. I mean, if if you come at me, I guess if you. But you have been able to hear. Like, if you've read in the, even in the book, I was reading some of this uh, Emmett Fox, The Sermon on the Mount. One of the things he talked about was how the bread, the bread isn't food. And the Bible speaks very clearly. It says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Wait, He's not sorry. What was that? He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. All right. He's not talking about bread, you know, wheat and grain and everything. Like that. He's talking about the word of God. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that that word is life. Okay, so, I mean, the the thing is, if you understand that the word of God is life, then you value it at a certain level to where even if you have a bad experience with it, you're still going to pursue the truth despite the bad experience. Like I said, with food, right. when but you understand you can't, you can't not eat. Yes, so how do I know it's the truth or what's the truth or which person's interpretation is the truth? That's my issue. Because how can you say truth? I mean, how can you back that up? Truth is actually something that's concrete. We live in a time now where people have taken truth 
And it's really been more in the last probably 70 years as progressivism and relativism has moved into the sphere of education in particular, actually specifically in California. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with John Dewey and his philosophies. He was an economist um, who pushed forth an ideology about relativism that basically caused man to value things based upon what they thought was important to them. And it's also crept into the church. So we look at truth in relative terms. But for truth to actually be truth, it has to be concrete. Yeah, I, believe be I believe the truth is the truth, capital T. Yeah, and that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When you look at truth in the ancient Hebrew, I'm not f- sure if you're familiar with any of the ancient languages. I or just, anything. You know what I just realized? Looking at the cross in your head, it's a T for truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never really noticed that before. Yeah, when you look at truth, the way truth functions, it literally means to press into the beginning. So if you press into the beginning, you're going to find out exactly what truth is. I give, like, Veronica, for example. Her last name right now is Ridge, right? Well, see, I knew her when her last name was Vasilevsky. So truth and facts actually are not the same thing. Most people look at truth and facts as being synonymous when they're not. The fact is her name is Veronica Ridge. (laughs) The truth is her name is Veronica Vasilevsky. Because facts can change. Truth doesn't. If, God forbid, they got divorced or he passed away or something like that, her name is going to be Vasilevsky. And the way you find out the truth about Veronica, you go and ask her mom. Go to the beginning. You press into the beginning. That's the way you find out the truth about her. The way I found out the truth about you, I got to ask your mama. Yeah, so, well, okay, speaking of Veronica, so this is where I trip a little. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're going to burn in hell. Is that correct? Hell, the concept of hell it actually pertains to a, se- a complete separation from God. Are you following me? Uh, yeah, I like that better yeah. than the burning lake of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really appreciate this version of Billy. He's kind of, yeah. he's humbled right now because he's really in a bad No, place. he's real. No, but right now in particular, yeah. he's depressed. He's going through a lot. He's, he's he, you know, it's dark, it's, it's, dar- it's darkest before the dawn. It's um, humility and... Um, you know, pain is the cornerstone to spiritual growth and mm-hmm. he's been through a lot. And right now he's in it. He's in a place right now where he doesn't have any energy for any kind of bullshit or any fake. So he's just like, and this is the part, the Billy I love where he's like, he didn't want to come, but he did yeah. because he knows he should. And he knows he'll feel better when he's done. Yeah. But well, plus I feel indebted to you as well. So that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's, well, no, it's good. Not yeah, indebted. I want to show up for you. Yeah, but 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 like I'm I'm. I'm do you do you feel even a little bit better already? Well, I like that he's presented in a way that I can digest it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the twelve steps came from this. Yes, I do. So so we know Alcoholics Anonymous saved our life. Yeah, and those twelve steps came from. <clears throat> these spiritual teachings of Jesus in the Bible, which honestly, I feel like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I'm under the assumption that this, that these principles have been around for thousands of years, even before 
Jesus. Yeah. There are certain truths. In fact, the, like the Beatitudes, and this is one of the kooky things about Christianity, particularly um, Catholicism, um, has kind of hijacked the, uh, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, and turned it into something that you need to strive for in order to be qualified to be a good person or be a Christian, or somehow God is more connected with you if you're those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is turned into this rat race of, oh, I'm going to try and be meek, when really you're the most prideful jackass on the planet. Mm. Um, you're going to try and act like you're poor in spirit and so humble and so this, so that you can say, oh, I'm blessed and I can look forward to inheriting the earth or having this or having that. When in reality, what Jesus is presenting in the, in the Beatitudes is every reason for why those people at that time should accept him as as their savior. He's presenting the values because there were already there were people that he was ministering to at that time that were poor in spirit, that were already meek, that were persecuted for righteousness sake. They already existed. So what are you you're saying that I'm not sure exactly what you're saying. The the people that were leading at the time of Jesus, the Pharisees, the religious I call them the religious numbnuts. They, they, they were meek. No, the, the, you said the, the Pharisees were nuts. I call them religious numbnuts. But they were the guys that basically said, this is how you have to be to be righteous. Mm. Jesus was really disenfranchising them in front of the people, in front of the Jews, and letting them know that these guys that have been leading you, to put it in our terms today, these Catholic and Pentecostal denominations that you've been following after really aren't even qualified to be teaching you and about the truth. And so what Jesus was demonstrating was, look, I'm God in the flesh and I'm showing you why you should understand the godly principles that I'm dispensing to you. Because these guys that you've been following after don't have it. They don't have the authority to lead you. And the thing about it is his sermon starts in Matthew 5. Jesus doesn't start spe- stop speaking for another three chapters. It goes all the way through Matthew chapter 8. So it's all about he's presenting basically the case for why you, those people should accept him as the Messiah. Why what people? The Jews. The Jews that were following okay, after. Okay, so blessed are the poor, mm-hmm. blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit earth. Yep. What is it, Daniel? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What is it? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about that. So I, I'm obviously, I mean, you see me. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not meek. Or I don't know. I want to I wanna be. I want to, I wanna, like, I don't really know. Like, that's why I'm listening to you. And I don't, I don't, I know my mind is, I know my perception is off and I know that my ego is trying to get me and I know that that when I'm angry or afraid uh, something's wrong and I don't want to believe everything my mind says Mm -hmm. so I try to I I want to try to be of service to others and I found a way to do that through just being honest online and transparent online painfully honest and transparent online in a way no one else can be right. because I think shared pain is 
cathartic. So I, 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 I expose all types of shit no one else wants to expose just so mm-hmm. other people can recognize they're not alone. So that's like one way I've found to help others. And when you're helping others, you're not thinking about yourself. But it's weird because I've dedicated my whole life into to sort of helping others. But um, I, I want to be able to do it full time. Right. So, so now I need to figure out a way to monetize certain things so that mm-hmm. we can do. So this whole community, it's not just me. It's Danielle, Greg, Veronica, Billy, Mikey. Um, we have a whole meeting here. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of other people, Rudy, Wickham. There's a lot of other people that are part of creating content around this idea, learning to lose. Have you heard of the, the learning to lose? Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I watched, I watched or listened to a little bit of the, one of the, this is the learning to lose podcast, but we have a reality show called learning to lose with the ridges. And we have like merch learning to lose, learning to lose, like, you know, mm-hmm. learning to lose, learning to be like, this is for the losers and the underdogs and the, and the have nots and the people that are in pain. And, and we've all pretty much here at one point or another, with the exception of Veronica been like at a bottom and pretty much suicidal at some point and that that brought us to god you know i was i was there too yeah when i was 19 years old and it wasn't drug induced it wasn't alcohol it was just the the stress and pressure of life that that caused me to think that what i was going through and uh where i was at it would be easier for me to bail out and not be missed Uh, yeah because of my own my own perception of of, of worth and self value um, was at such a low place, and it's in that moment that I actually had an encounter with God. Yeah, and um, that's learning. He let me lose. know that I have a purpose for your life. Yeah, and I didn't. It wasn't one of those experiences where oh, I heard it and I ran to the church and there was you know smoke and all this stuff. That didn't happen. In fact, I didn't go anywhere near a church. For 10 years after that. Yeah. Um, and that, that experience was in Seattle. When I came down here um, in 2000. Um, Try to keep your... Am I too like, far away from it? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. But you're you're, you're, you're um, close. When I came down here in 2000, I don't think I went to church for about 9, 10 years. Um, and it, I went to the most obscure place, the Holiday Inn on... Ventura Boulevard <laughs> for a church meeting. Wow. And what like, city? Right here in Woodland Hills. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I go down there and, you know, I sit down there and I'm thinking I got to dress a certain way. So I, you know, put on my fancy clothes and stuff like that. And I get in there and everybody in there is dressed the way I'm dressed right now. Mm. Looking like you, tattoos, this, that. And, that. and I'm like, this shit is cool. Like, okay, I can, I can get down here. Right. There's a girl sitting in front of me. She's got this hoodie on and she's it's got these dollar bill signs and guns all over it. And just says, fuck you, pay me, fuck you, pay me all over, all over Whoa. this hoodie. And I'm like, wait, so when was this? This was in 2000, November, 2009. Huh? This is 11 years ago. So I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. And the pastor gets up there. He says, dude, Probably about 300 pounds, looking like a bodybuilder, yeah. just spooled up, black dude, long ponytail. And he gets up there and he starts preaching. And for the first time, 
everything that he's reading out of the Bible, I'm actually understanding it. Uh-huh. I'm digesting, like Billy said, I'm digesting what's actually being said. Because I had kind of gone to church growing up and everything like that, but it, none of it really clicked. And for the first time, it's clicking. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting this. Then all of a sudden, it was almost as if he just looked at me and he goes, and God has a purpose for your life. And I'm like, oh, shit. Those are the very same words I heard when I was at my lowest state. But I know this man could not have been there when that happened. And so it was from that point that I just said, I got I to gotta dig into this and find out more about this. Right. But, 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 but I was saying about meekness, and just as an example. Meekness is, well, I should ask you this. What, what do you think meekness is? Because there is a specific context for which... Blessed and meekness is used. Well, me- meekness is um, knowing that the will of God for us is more interesting and vital than anything we could have ever came up with. Okay. Also, it's sort of been described to me in a way I kind of like. It's like having a, a, a wielding a big sword behind your back, but not not using it or not needing to use it. Like knowing you have it, but you you don't really need to use it. Um, it's kind of like a weird analogy for it but okay so for when the the time when the bible was written um a lot of the terms that are used are very functional in terms of um in terms of how they're they're interpreted Uh, are you guys familiar with uh riding horses or training horses equestrian anything like that all right so the term meek actually comes from a root word uh, that deals with taming a horse. It really means to bring, bring things under into subjection. And the way you meet that horse is you basically run them around the ring time after time after time after time to finally bring them into a place where they'll listen and be tamed. So meekness actually is, it's not weakness. Meekness is actually power under control. That's what but, I said about the sword, right? Yeah. Like you got it behind your back, but you're not going to use it. But the process to getting there. Yeah. Well, it's painful. Is, is very painful. I know that. And the path that, you know, you might have to go through or he might have to go through or I have to go through or she has to go through to be meeked. It can be so different for each and every single one yeah. of us. And, and it also, it also, I think one miss, miss, miss misconception a lot of people have is that you you're you get these things and they stay i think it's a daily it's an ongoing process i might have it right now but tomorrow i'm gonna get up and my ego rebuilt itself while i was asleep and i'm like fuck yeah i mean this guy's he was a decent he was a different guy a week ago he's he could leave here and, and kill himself i'm saying he's fucked up i'm worried about this guy what's going on with you it's the same shit. You just don't understand because you don't live my life. I know I don't. That's why I'm asking you. Same thing. All my shit is scattered everywhere. I don't know what's coming or going. No, no, no. Everything's no, no, changing. No, no, no. I'm Everything gonna ha- doesn't go out. I want to help. I got work. I have a kid. I want to help you unpack one thing at a time. You're incorrect. All your shit is not scattered everywhere. Well, now it's scattered in a few different All places. All your shit is scattered in two or three different places. Mm-hmm. Right, so but don't say scary. everywhere. We are, really see, nice. we want to make things worse than they are, mm. and I'm an alcoholic just like him, and I know that he's making every. He's not looking at what he has; he's looking at what he doesn't have. 
He's not looking at where he needs to be grateful. He's looking at where he's not grateful. And also, you were way worse off four months ago. And now that things are starting to get better, you like can't let yourself enjoy it, I think. You're looking for, like, poor me, I'm lonely at this house. Or, you know. <laughs> She's hardcore, huh? That's how she gives it to <laughs> well, me, bro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all true. Like, you're so much, you're in such a better place than you were four months ago and maybe even in your relationship where you know but two like, years in my relationship yeah. yeah why don't you come over like i feel like when you're around here i was in beverly hills working but i'm saying like <laughs> when you were living here you seem to be better in your head i don't know i had breakdowns too i think it's just being around people you can't be such an asshole yeah i feel like any <laughs> any alone time Anytime you're alone, you just... You spin out in your mind yeah. with all kinds of stories, huh? Yeah, you, you just go downhill. Yeah, no, it'll work out. I'm just hoping tomorrow I wake up better. I mean, when I meditate and read... I read this book. I, mm-hmm. I, I've tried the Bible, but it's like... I can't understand it. Yeah. What am I reading? Like, I just don't... So this guy kind of breaks it down for me, so I like that book. But. Reading the Bible can be... It can be problematic, Um I tell people if you ever want to, if you ever got problems falling asleep, just read the Bible, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or listen to a sermon of me preaching. You fall asleep real quick. But uh, what is one of the reasons why the Bible actually says God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. In other words, He gives specific gifts or gift ministers that He says I'm going to flow a message through them. So when you have somebody through whom you can truly understand and digest the word. It's because God has actually placed them there. It's not because they went to Fuller Seminary or because they just chose. It's because God chose them. Um, And, you know, it's interesting what you say with regard to the the chaos in your life, because, in fact, we talked about a little bit about this today at Bible study was. um, Have you ever heard the story of Jonah and the whale? Sort of. Sort of. I mean, he lived inside the well for a while or something. Yeah, it says that. you know, a, a, a great fish swallowed him up mm-hmm. and he was in there for three days and three nights. And I was, I was explaining to people, it's not so much about the animal kingdom because the story isn't about a, a big whale and a man living inside of there. The story is actually about a man who was swallowed up by chaos because he went the complete opposite direction of where God was calling him to go. Mm. But it says God prepared the fish. In other words, the chaos of Jonah's life and the depths that he went through in that chaos was actually prepared by God to finally get Jonah to the place where he would cry out to God and say, Lord, just save me. And be meek. And be meeked. Exactly. Even the chaos, God had prepared. And that's a part. That's one of the, I guess, parts of God or sides of God that oftentimes isn't explored. But yeah, no, I, I like that. I, that makes way more sense. Yeah, right. he's. Uh, <laughs> in other words, he's. In other words, he's with you. But the thing is, that's within the day you're in. No, that's in, within the entire lifetime that you're going through. I mean, you consider Jonah went through. He was in that be- belly of the whale. It says for three days and three nights. You could be in the belly of a whale or in the. So, so you're saying that I grew up with fucked up parents, institutionalized my teenage years, all the head trauma accidents, 
drug addiction that God gave me all that so I would come to him? No, he knows every aspect of everything that you've gone through. You got to understand God declares, it says the end from the beginning. He knows what's eventually going to press you into a place where you do finally cry out to him. But I cry out to him. It's just the Jesus. It's the Jesus thing I don't get. Like, she's a Jew. They don't believe in Jesus, right? Does that mean they're fucked? That's what I don't, I don't understand. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Have you ever been, you ever been to Lake Sherwood? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, well, there? I live, you mean the lake? Yeah. It's yeah. over here in Westlake. Yeah. How, how you get there? I drive by it because I live right next to it. Yeah? You got to drive up Petrero to get there, right? Oh, maybe... I don't know yeah. Lake Sherwood. That's Petrero. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you drive, drive on that Petrera. road. You drive on. Oh, yeah. There's one, there's one pathway to get there. Now, anybody, anybody can go up, up and down that pathway, but there's one way to get there. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no man comes to the Father but by me. What does that mean? It means that he's the only means by which we come back into that relationship he is, with God. His teachings, or he as a human being, or he as what? Like, I don't even know what Jesus is because he's so many things. It's really about faith in him as, as being the way. When in understanding that being the way, how through the, his written word, through faith in who who he is and what he accomplished. What he accomplished is that all of all of our sin, all of our transgressions, whatever the bad stuff. Basically, God's not holding it against you no more. And before that, he was. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to get there's no way to get to God in our imperfection. There is no way to get to God or to get into his good graces by our behavior. So that's why Jesus is necessary. Jesus is, Jesus is necessary to bring us back into a relationship with but God But I still the Father. don't understand Jesus. Who's Jesus? Jesus, if you read the, have you ever read the Bible? No. Um, oh. Well. He said it makes him sleepy. Well, but we've that's read, I mean, we've he, start. Well, I mean, dude, he's. But read. I've listened to things like C.S. Lewis did it the best. You Hold know, on, you know this fool has has listened to the entire Mere Christianity book four mm-hmm. times. He's read more of the Bible than probably ninety percent of human beings on the earth. So when you ask that question, he knows the Bible better than most people. And, and yeah, you you listen to Mere Christianity four times. Yeah, but he he doesn't talk. He doesn't read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Mere Christianity. I know, yeah, and he actually he's right. He Mere Christianity isn't a whole lot about Jesus. Oh, what's it about? In fact, he never yeah. says Jesus <laughs> is the does. way or the oh, Lord. Oh, do you like that book? I mean, it, have you read it? Yeah, I haven't. It's yeah. Mere Christianity. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things that's most problematic about it is that it, it it's. I think it's well intended, yeah. but it focuses so much on the religion. I myself, I'm not a huge fan of it, right? Because well, in having studied as much as I have about what the biblical text actually says, um, when I look at something such as mere Christianity, it's like, all right, well, this focuses on what the religion has become, but it in no way 
really strikes at the heart of what the text actually says. See, see, I like that because Jesus was a revolutionary. He was against the grain. He was a rebel. He was a freak like us, kind of. Isn't that funny? He knows. He, he says... Well, no, that, he's absolutely right. No, though. I know, but but five seconds ago, he's like, who's Jesus? Well, the, man <laughs> they, they, the man they talk about. Because he want to make sure that I'm not one of them religious nuts, nutbags. Well, right. that's fine. <laughs> no, no, I, don't get like Danielle. She's all about Jesus. What do you mean? Yeah. I just don't know what you're talking. What are you talking about? Someone, please tell me what the fuck is this Jesus thing? I just don't get it. Like, like is, did not, he write I'm the not, Bible? I'm or not his, dumb. Does he I just have don't understand. Writings? I don't know either. Like, is did Jesus write the Bible, or no, no. does he have his own writings? That, that that's that's how Victoria explained it to me, and I was like, oh, it sounds like a cool dude. No, no he didn't write it. People wrote what he Peter was wrote saying. About, wrote about him. They wrote about what he was doing. Um, it would be like. For example, Pat is doing some really significant things right now and and what he's doing with uh, uh, learning to lose and everything. So if you were to write, let's say, 20 years from now, you were to write about everything that he did. Billy, right? Mm -hmm. You were to write, uh, you guys know each other for a number of years, Mm -hmm. okay? If you were to write something. And then let's say maybe two other people wrote some Danielle, things about it. Greg, Danielle and Mikey, Greg. Yeah. Maybe they wrote things. Those would be, and you called them the gospel of Billy, the gospel of Veronica, the right. gospel of. Now, I like, I like that you're comparing. I like that you're making me the Jesus. Okay, I we like can, that. We'll go with that. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, <laughs> No, but that's now, a really good way of describing the, it. These the, are just people that knew him, that were around him, that, that are explaining it's not also, just what he said, but they're explaining how he said it, why he said it, what, what led up to that. And because these two, for example, right now, they're having a common experience, you're going to see some of the exact same things in his gospel and in her gospel. Yeah. However, what he says about even this interaction might be slightly different in some of the details of what he presents Versus what she presents, but when you put them, when you put both gospels together, it formulates a whole picture. Can, 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 of, can I talk? How do you? Can he know about everything? I just wanted. To, I was just wondering if I could. <laughs> I was just wondering if I could ask him how I can try to make sense of this struggle that I'm having right now with financially, and 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 because I feel like there's a parallel here with the Jesus stuff. Go for it. I mean, go for it. So quarantine. So well, he's. I don't think he's a very judgmental person. I think he'll be. So so I think like, so ever since this quarantine started, we've Mm -hmm. started to grow, and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing, right? I want to turn this into something bigger. I want to touch more people. I want to save more people. I want to help people get sober. I want to. What? Oh, he's already like more, 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 more. That's not the. That's not the way. No, I'm. I'm smiling because. God is God is dealing with you in a big way. Yeah. And I, I, I just tell you this. He's got his hand on every aspect of your life. And yeah. He's going he's gonna bless it. Um I was gonna mention this earlier, but now might be a good time to mention it. Blessed, as used in the Beatitudes, it means to be reconnected to God. And when you're reconnected to God, every aspect of who he is begins to flow through you. And there's aspects of compassion and empathy and um, selflessness that clearly God is developing in you. Um, 
and and flowing through you that it might not be getting recognized on a large scale, but the effects of God and God moving through a person and their life, they're going to be felt. They're going to be felt. Um, and it's like I said earlier, it changes people. Yeah. So, um, uh, no, it's, it's, pro- it's profound. Like if I could sit you down and show you like the messages we get every single day, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's incredible. I, I'm blown away. All we had to do was be honest. Yeah. All, all I, all I have to, but like, I'm talking like Brutally rigorous honesty. honesty. Like yeah. it's actually not that hard for me anymore. I think because there's something happening where God is working through me and yeah. I don't have the fear. I don't have, I'm not afraid at all. Uh, only about having enough money to pay Greg. Greg is like helping us figure out how to, to release this show, which, which the show is about it's look, it's a glimpse into like the light. Like he, Dude, the show, it has everything in it. It has her getting fired by Redkin for being honest. It has, it has him, his life falling apart and then him moving in here and, 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 and me being able to work with him and almost He's for lack of his a, sponsor, okay, he yeah. helps me and then I help him and we're using, I'm using him almost as a tool, building him up on TikTok. He's touching people that are, that I can't touch and Danielle's touching people. So I'm trying to build up this community of, of honest truth seekers and, and, and we're fun and, and Wickham and Rudy's 24. She's like a cute 24 year old actress and she's getting sober and she's speaking truth about, uh, being hurt this morning by a dude. And you know, a lot of, it's just like, it's kind of hard to explain all right here, but like the thing I'm the most worried about is like. Now that this, I, I, learning to lose incorporated, I have the, it's a, it's a LLC. It's a real mm-hmm. company. It's a, now I'm trying to figure out, you know, we have like a payroll now. Well, maybe you're going to hit a moment where you're out of money and you're going to have to be meek and then the rest just happens for you. I don't know. All, all I know is we do have <laughs> a way of making money. Okay. And, 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 um, so because of our popularity on TikTok, we're able to di- redirect people mm-hmm. to a subscription-based he ju- he knows about platform. OnlyFans. Right? It's, we have an OnlyFans. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's $10 a month. And uh-huh. ever since we started making money doing that, it's given me the freedom to really go for this thing. Okay. So, but you're in constant fears, but it's tricky because it's, yeah, because it's like, there's so many different things about that that are like gray. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like my wife is not a hundred percent comfortable doing all the things that I think a lot of people want us to do on there. Um, I'm in constant fear of how many we, we have and how we're, how many we're losing and, and TikTok doesn't want you promoting it because it's kind of like something that they don't want to be linked to. So now we're having trouble talking about it. We have to find new, um, 
clever ways of, of so you're in fear directing people so so yeah like it's it's it, the past week or two i've been in like almost this like constant almost paralyzing fear about losing though it's just funny that it's law learning to lose you know because i'm always learning to lose you know mm-hmm. um about a month ago, we had this video get like two and a half million views. And it was like a video directing. It was a video about our account and how my stepmom is subscribed. Okay. So <laughs> see, even you laugh. It's like a, when you say that, it's like it resonates with people, right? So I walked in the house. I said it. They're laughing. It was a very magical TikTok video that got two and a half million views. So our subscribers jumped, we made a bunch of money. And now here we are a month later, 30 days, a lot of people came to check it out for 30 days. And now I'm seeing the numbers drop. So ever since I've never seen numbers drop the way they're dropping right now. So I'm like in all this fear. Um, and I was just wondering, um, if you had like a, uh, story or a parallel or if anything comes to mind as far as like being unsure of how your can i ask him the ethics <laughs> behind what how we're trying to do this thing we're trying to do does that make sense yeah yeah go ahead so do you think the fact i'm just gonna say it candidly like they're selling sexual content does that conflict with- well he just you guys heard what he was saying to danielle in the kitchen about mm-hmm. reading the bible in her underwear i mean i don't based on what i heard the sec it doesn't sound like you're selling sexual content i, I don't know what- well that's what danielle no we we are we're what we're selling is a it's both it's it, a look it's, it's a glimpse it's a glimpse <laughs> into our personal life, okay. intimate, and other stuff too. Stuff that you, we wouldn't be able to post on other platforms. Um, Some you could, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's risque. It's a little bit, um, but I mean, we're married and, you know, we're, we, we don't have a problem with that. I'm not, I, that's not even the question that I was trying to ask him though, because I don't really care. Well, that's the question he wanted to ask. Right. <laughs> And that's okay. I, I, I know. I know my heart. I know what I'm doing is is okay, and I and I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was. Oh, well, okay. What's your question? my question Sorry. is, like, it, my question I think has more to do with, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, that kind of a thing. Well, righteousness again, it means to be on the path, and when you're on a path that God has has put you on and that He's leading you on. Like the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in the paths, plural, of righteousness. It says, for his namesake. Um, And then it goes on to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What that means is that the promise is that you will go through periods of fear. You will go through the valley of the shadow of death. And there's a lot of people saying a lot of hateful negative things just to be expected get yeah. used to it i i am i'm yeah. just uh it, it's just between that and the financial fear and the pressure and the numbers growing and then me think and i'm always obviously constantly wanting to be a million we, so I'm this only... is what we were just talking about about the chaos mm-hmm See, he has his chaos that he's going through. You have a chaos or chaoses Yo, that you're going through. Yeah, my chaos is crazy. Yeah. You've but seen it when you walked in. The chaos is, like I said, is prepared of God. 
Yeah. To finally get you to yeah. the place where he but wants I, you to I be. I wish I could just have like the faith. I wish I could have the peace and the serenity. And you never have the faith until you no. go through the experience. But I've been through so many. <laughs> your, this is the thing. The experiences and the so many experiences that you go through actually is directly related to how many people and the diverse amount of people that God is going to effectuate change in their lives through what he ministers in you. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, if you ain't, in other words, if you ain't never been through shit, you can't minister shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's like right now, you know I'm I mean? like, right now it's like I'm bummed out that like we can't just stay at, at 3,000 subs, but it's like going – the fact that we're dropping is forcing me to be in fear and it's causing pain in me. That's forcing and growth. There, and there's going to be people that you, that are, you're going to come into contact with that are going through financial troubles or the, in fear of financial difficulties or whatever. And you're going to have to minister the word of the Lord to them in a way that is relatable. And I'll, not be, able, just, I'll be able to speak to them because I've been yeah, through it. Not just quoting scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most yeah, people yeah. don't understand that when Jesus ministered to people, he wasn't quoting the scriptures. He be, What he ministered to them became scripture. He was just saying shit that he yeah, experienced. It, it was and, everything that was flowing from God through him. Uh, yeah. He wasn't quoting the Bible. The Bible didn't exist. Yeah. What he said became Bible. Did he have to go through a bunch of painful shit? Yeah, the Bible tells us that he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Mm. So his Before per- he was even on the cross. Yeah. Mm. So there are certain things that he had to go through. And the book of Hebrews says he went through these things so that he's able to secure or to relate to those people that call him Lord. So, so he died when he was 33. About 33 and a half, yeah. So before he became 33, he must have been through a bunch of shit that we don't even really hear about. We don't hear about it, no. Why? One of the same reasons like we were talking about with the formulation of the Gospels of, you know, Veronica and Billy and the Gospel of Jonathan when we're talking about you. We might not talk about, you know, I don't know where you grew up. I don't know where you you live. How old are you? 37. 37. So I don't know what you've done for the last 37 years of your life, but... Let's say for from this day for the next three years, you and I are kicking it. We're dialoguing, talking, and everything like that. And then, God forbid, you pass away or you move away or something like that at the age of 40. And I write the gospel of Jonathan talking about my experience with Pat. I'm not going to talk about the first 37 years of your life. Mm-hmm. In fact, the reason why I'm writing the gospel account of your your life is about my experience that was so life-changing over the course of those three years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people talk about, why don't we know about the years of Jesus' life between, like, 12 and 30 or, you know, the yeah. first 30 years or of even, like, the teenager shit. Are like, you a basketball fan? Not really. Not really? But I know I know that there's a sport called basketball. Okay, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know who Michael Jordan is? Uh, I've heard of that name, I think. Yeah. Okay. No, we watched the documentary. It was amazing. You Have know, you seen the whole thing? Mm-hmm. You know great. what high school he went to? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I do. Well, it's um, called Laney, but do you know was what it middle- in Chicago or no? Mm-mm. Shit. No. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, he, that's a good, what middle school he went to? Nah. I mean, I, I mean, I saw, and that's funny because I watched the Is he still arguably whole, one of the greatest players yeah. ever to play the game? Yeah. So but, why but, doesn't it? Uh, 
the but, documentary, it, the documentary is a hundred percent true, and we take it as the gospel truth. But 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 I do know that his dad and his brother and all. I, I know the trials and tribulations. Some of them. Uh, He's saying that mm-hmm. you didn't know all the facts about him. No, but I do. There's wanna, Eric but, parts missing. But, yeah, but, and we and we don't. Well, my point is, we don't question it in yeah. terms of the. Well, what about? What about his life in third grade? What about his life during? Yeah, his- that that's fine. I'm just wondering, what do you know of any things that Jesus went through as a teenager, as as a? No, I mean were- in Luke chapter two, it speaks about him uh, hardships that at, he at the age of twelve, and says that he was in the temple debating with the the religious folk of that day. Can you tell uh, them to just keep it down? Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, beyond that, the next thing it jumps to from Luke chapter two. Um, speaking about when he was about 12 years old, the next thing it jumps to is he's turning 30, getting baptized by John the Baptist, and then everything takes off basically chronically in the next three and a half years of his life until he ends up on the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you could close the door. And, you know, <laughs> you say, well, why that thing about what he did when he was 12 years old in the temple? Right. Because that instance actually sets the sets the stage for what a lot of his ministry was. A lot of his ministry between the ages of 30 and 33 was continue debating with the religious numbskulls of that day about their illegitimate claims to godliness and righteousness. And it started at the age of 12. So one could assume that, did he see more of that from the age of 12 to 30? Probably. He probably saw some of the same hypocrisy that so, Billy so saw. Basically, and so all basically, all you're saying is like, I'm, um, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm dealing with some shit that's questionable, that's a little gray. And um, keep pressing in. What he said is, yeah. you're becoming the person who can. What did you say? Minister to? They, they can, can minister, minister and to relate people to people. That need to hear what you've been through. <sighs> I'll tell you this. There's a lot of folks that ain't going to hear Jesus from somebody that looked like me. Right. Then there's other folks that, you know, you get a person in a three-piece suit. It's like, I ain't listening to that dude. I ain't going to talk to him. Yeah. But you come across and it's like. Uh, I'm, I'll actually give him the time of day because that's kind of you know, what's happening. Really, I can kind of I can kind of relate. Just you know, it breaks down that wall. Just he passed the looks. <laughs> you know, he passed the look test. Yeah, the, the looks, eye test, the, the way of speaking, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you, it, in reality, have... Jesus didn't pass any of that. That's that's the funny thing about it. He didn't pass any of that. His own his own people rejected him. Because, well, he was contradicting their beliefs. Exactly. Because they were so caught up in the quote unquote way in which he was supposed to look and the way he was supposed to dress and all that stuff. And he was none of those things. Well, that and he was speaking out against what, you know, he was he was saying, like, forget all the rituals. Let's exactly. Like, you know, he was speaking truth. He was he was forcing the religion he was casting out the religion and reinforcing the spirit behind what actually was founding the religion that the people had completely lost sight of. They got so caught up in the religious aspects of it, the sacrifice and the washing the hands and all these traditions that they developed that, frankly, 
they didn't even understand the spirit or the mentality behind why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. Um, it was completely lost. That's why I said a lot of Christianity, like unfortunately. Like a human tendency. Yeah. I feel like it's happening in politics and everything all over the place. A lot of it's, it's, it's our ego. Yeah. It's our ego. Um, and that's why it gets, it gets so convoluted and it becomes such a turnoff. Um, I think for a lot of people. Well, it's almost like it's harming. It's har- it, it, Instead of like, uh, I guess the goal of every Christian is to bring as many souls as possible to. Mm-mm. That's not the goal. Shouldn't be. <laughs> because when you read in Matthew 23, Jesus actually rebuked the Pharisees. He said, you, you compass or you surround land and sea to make one proselyte, which means a religious convert. And Jesus goes on to say, once he's made uh a religious convert by you, you make him twofold the child of hell that you are. So Jesus actually rebuked religious conversion. <clears throat> and then after he dies, he resurrects, he come back and tells his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of men. And you say, well, isn't that a contradiction? No. Discipleship and proselytizing are two different things. Proselytizing is trying to get people to convert to a religion. Discipleship is something that you do when you have a relationship. You guys have a relationship. You have a sponsor. That's called discipleship. And that's what Jesus was actually endorsing for his disciples. Those disciples weren't Christians. To have, oh, to have a relationship right. with him. To have relationships? To have a relationship with him and their relationship with him actually connected them in relationship to God the Father. That's why he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It would be almost like if, if Pat, I don't know what your dad or anything does, but if he owned this big multi-billion dollar company, and you say, man, I really like Mr. Ridge. I want to I get to know Mr. Ridge. But you say, man, but... That Pat, he's got his son. I can't stand that. You could believe in Mr. Ridge all you want. You could want to get to the top of the building and meet him, and you could try and brown nose your way all mm-hmm. the way. But if you completely neglect his son, which is his heart, then what type of relationship do you think you're really going to have with that father? A very superficial one at best. Um. It's actually going to be through your connection with Pat. I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe that because I could like Pat's dad and not like Pat. You could, but as far as your relationship with him and how he's going to relate to you, if you don't regard but what his if son, his kid's a son of a bitch. Well, My then, stepdad's kid is a motherfucker. I bet he is. <laughs> I like my stepdad, but his kid is just a punk. Yeah, that happens. But Jesus wasn't a punk. Danielle, you <laughs> That's the difference, right? <laughs> Jesus wasn't a punk. And so God, God put the stamp on him as saying, this is, this is my guy. This is and some of it also goes back, we don't have time to go into it, the Hebrew hieroglyphic of what it means to be a son. Son isn't so much about the genealogy of everything. Son actually means the continuation of the house. The father means the strength of the house. 
which meant that Jesus, in terms of his function and what he carried out, was he was the one through whom God was continuing his rule. Hmm. I like that. And Jesus is informing the people to whom he's talking that, hey, I'm the guy that God has put his stamp on. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I'm the continuation of the house. That's why it says, I'm not familiar, sure if you're familiar with the scripture, where it says, the heavens opened up and God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, this, is, this guy is this like... Is, but, but let me just ask you yo. this. What about before, you know, Jesus and Buddhism and Judaism and all these people who don't accept that? What, what's up well, with Let me just say them? this. I just want to say this real quick. Yeah. How amazing is it the way he's... It's good if you have a church upcoming. Where is it? <laughs> no, but that's... It's at the gym. No, but this is what I gym. love. No, this is what I love. And, and now we have Danielle sitting here who, who has a little bit, is a little bit of a different... Like when you question the Danielle, when you question Jesus to Danielle, like she gets kind of hot. Cause she she knows the truth, right? But like when you when when we come at him with questions, he's like chill and he's like calm and he's like, you don't get hot. At least not right now, anyway. <laughs> I mean, it, it don't bother me because I I know I know what the truth is, and my job isn't to try and convince you to believe in Jesus. Mm. I'm only tell you why you should believe in him. If you choose not to, then that's on you. <laughs> I still don't understand what believing in him means. That's the thing. I don't get it. it I mean, I believe, it might take some time. I believe I mean, in it, what's written. That's fine. What about him? When you say him, like, who's him? Well, that, that, well that's actually the, that's the only Getting thing. Getting to know him. Is, that's where I think the breakdown happens, right? Because yeah. me and Billy, like, we believe in everything that's, be, that's been written. And I understand all the metaphors. And I love them. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and, and the more you talk about, like, the whale and this dude. What was the whale? What was the thing with the whale? Did you hear about that? I didn't hear everything you said. I mean, that was like I a, heard a little bit. What'd you say? I don't know what you said about the whale. No, the, the Judas. Oh, the whale. Jonah and the whale. Oh, my God. Oh, hold up. One of my favorite bands is called. I knew when I saw that look in his eyes. Jonah and the whale. Wait, what's the name of the band? It must not be your favorite. No. <laughs> it's a really good, um, really good um, observation. Um, um, do you have a place where you do your Oh, yeah. Thing? Five days a week. We got Bible study Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then church on Sunday. Where's your Bible study? Right down, right down the street here in Westlake. Like in a... Like where, like in a and a Where? little tiny uh, warehouse. Cool. Yeah. What time? We have a gym. Well, Monday nights at seven thirty. Tuesday, Thursday mornings at eleven thirty. Fridays at four thirty. And I'm Sundays down. at eleven thirty. Yeah, we're going. I'm, I'm, we're, Can, we're going. Are, are all welcome? Can we Absolutely. show? Absolutely. We're, 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 we're coming, bro. We're yeah. coming. Come on, Jonah. It, and... It's in this area. Yeah, it's like Veronica comes over there and works out. Oh. Or Kelly and Carlos's office is by any chance, or across the street from the laser place. Cool. That used to be there. Like, that's where his gym used to be. Cool. Oh, it's a gym? Mm hmm. Yeah. Bring your Bible. Okay, but he was just saying, he had a really amazing, uh, he explained what that, that means. So basically, what I'm saying is all these metaphors, all the shit that's written, it's all amazing, but we just don't know. I just don't get it. If still. Jesus actually 
died on the cross and then rose because we didn't see it and we haven't been graced in the same way you guys have been. So I don't, I want to, I'm open. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I, I might have some gray hair, but I'm not old enough to have seen Jesus live, die, or resurrect either. No, but you were graced you by, you have been graced by God in mm-hmm. a way where you believe it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been graced. You think he rose from See, the every, dead? Yeah. Every man has faith. It's just a matter of where you put it. And no, I have faith. I just... Absolutely. Yeah. Noah and the whale. Jonah. No, but what's this Noah and the whale shit? I don't know what Noah and the You're talking about is. Noah's Ark? This is the band. I don't know. They're dope, though. <laughs> They're like really an amazing Okay, I have a band. question for you. So, okay. um... That picture bothers me, so I turn it upside down, and then he turned it back upside down. What picture? This one? Yeah. Black and white one? Yeah, it has an upside down cross. It's like a satanic picture. Uh, is that, is that, that's the right side up? Or is that the upside that down? That is the, the, the way the artist wanted it. But okay. I came in here and turned it up the other way. Okay. What, what do you understand th- about Pat, too, is his... Well, I shouldn't give out his codes, but he uses satanic things. So, like, I changed his passwords. I had his passwords changed from Satan666 to now Heaven777. Okay. But what do you, what are your, what's your... I think one of the things, one of the things that is so pervasive in, in a lot of Christianity, and I'll say this, you can attribute the, you can credit a lot of the Catholic Church with this, is the superstition that has developed about certain things of, oh, you shouldn't do this because it it symbolizes this or it symbolizes that. When in reality, a lot of the things that we think stand as symbols didn't function as the symbolisms then as what we conjure them up to be now. For example, the upside down cross. Um, Peter, who is one of the closest disciples to Jesus. Peter Rather than deny Jesus, he had denied Jesus three times. But when he was faced with death and told, you have to either deny Jesus or be killed, Jesus, or Peter actually said, I would rather be crucified upside down than to deny my Lord and Savior. They crucified Peter upside, upside down. down. You read about that in Fox's Book of Martyrs. And it talks about how all of the, the 11 disciples died as martyrs so you know people say oh well the upside down cross is satanic um not really and in fact the the hebrew word satan or for for satan is hasatan which means the adversary um satan isn't uh, some guy with a pitchfork and and uh oh i know know, that all that stuff and horns um satan is anything that opposes the the will of god Mm mm-hmm Sometimes you can find Satan when you look in the mirror. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. A lot of times we can find Satan if we look in the mirror. We don't like to admit it. But again, when you look at Peter, you read in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says, whom do men say that I am? Peter said, well, you're the the son of God. You're the Christ. Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but my father, which is in heaven, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says all these remarkable things about Peter and about this great revelation that he's received. And then he goes on to tell Peter 
that he's going to uh, go to the cross and that he's going to die and that it was necessary for him to do that. And Peter, thinking that he's doing a good thing because he cares for his friend, he says, far be it from you, Lord, this won't be. And Jesus says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. He says, you're an offense to me because you savor the things that be of man more than the things that are of God. Mm. So was he calling Peter Satan? No. But the spirit or the mindset the that was driving Peter right. at that time, albeit moral, albeit compassionate, mm -hmm. albeit empathetic, mm -hmm. was actually adversarial to the will of God in that moment. Right. I, I just want to show you something just so Danielle understands. So, so Mark Riddick is probably the most influential like heavy metal artist of all time. He designed the, the, this Bieber logo. This is the only thing you're probably going to recognize. Justin Bieber had him design his new logo, and it, it's just, like, dope. When mm -hmm. Justin Bieber wanted to be dope, he went to that artist who designed, like, all the death metal band. So look at this guy. He, he's, you know, a lot of his stuff has upside-down crosses, but, you know, what's interesting is he's, the photo of him is he's sitting on a huge cross tombstone. Crazy. So, like, this is a guy who's just obsessed with skulls, crosses demons angels archangels like danzig like i just love any form of extreme artistic expression mm -hmm. you know and and i don't know for some reason there's not a lot of dope like extreme jesus expressions that i can get behind mm -hmm. if there was i would but there's mm -hmm. something about the aggression and the darkness of like danzig and the misfits and glenn danzig is the singer of the misfits and he talks about like what you i don't know he talks about how um lucifer is the most mis most misunderstood character of all time he was uh an angel who who he was like god's right hand man and Look, I don't know. All I know is I have a good heart. I'm not trying to be a bad person. So when we see these meaningless numbers and symbols, it's like why? Why? I don't. I'm not going to give that meaning. We well, we give all the argument meaning by by thinking it's cool and and wanting to wear it and stuff. No, I like the art. What about the passwords? What about the upside down cross? Well, I let her change my password. Okay. It just made me feel better, really. And it I thought that better too. I also thought that that there was a possibility in when you're using like this is just the way I I don't have this isn't I don't know where it's, you know, mm -hmm. where I've read this, but I actually do follow somebody who really believes because um, he was into new age like I was. Okay. And then he turned into a Christian and he says that symbols there they do hold power and that they do you can bring in like darkness or demonic activity like i said when you understand what jesus accomplished at the cross jesus when he rose he says all power all authority in heaven and earth is given to me which means that as far as any symbol holding any power even the cross doesn't hold power. The cross is the destination Jesus had to get to, but the power was actually in him 
because he resurrected. If the power was in the cross, then people would still be trying to find that cross. Mm. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and also just to clarify something real quick, when I was in my active in my addiction and like really angry, I saw Christianity and all forms of religion as a way of dividing human beings and causing wars and separation. So I naturally gravitated towards Satan and the underdog of all that snakes. I don't know. I just, you know, so I just held on to that because mm-hmm. I don't put any meaning in anything, but like my heart and being a good person. And I don't know. So I don't, you know, he just asked a question about, you know, if I don't, I just, I'm just a fucking metal head. I just like metal and angry music <laughs> and I'm just I have a lot of aggression and passion and I just like that type of shit but I'm like also bringing that same uh, passion and aggression into what I'm trying to do with this learning to lose thing like I said about the whole the whole making process God will run you around some circles yeah so to speak and he'll he'll start to work some of those things out of you whatever it is yeah. I mean I can't I can't sit here and tell you what it is that God wants to take out of you, so to speak, or change about you. Um, But he knows. Yeah. There might be some aggression that, for all intents and purposes, God wants to actually use. Well, I mean, I'll I'll tell you right now, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish half of what I've accomplished. So, So, I mean... I don't really put too much stock in, in the, the photos and stuff like that. Simply, be, <laughs> simply because I know that the power is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, walk through a graveyard and this, that, and the other. I'm not superstitious about it or, you know, the pictures and stuff like that because I know that Jesus Christ has all the power. I've been in, in homes where people said weird stuff was happening. You know, the lampshades were flying around and weird stuff was happening and doors were closing by themselves and people were possessed. I've been, I've been in that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, what was the name of that band? Megadeth. Yeah. You know, the drummer. Um, I think his name is Nick. I don't know the drum. I know. um... So he passed away a number, a number of years ago. Um, And before he passed, probably about two weeks before he passed away, we got a phone call and uh, from his girlfriend she said, uh, you know, some stuff was going on in the house. And so we went over there to the house. It was in like Sherman Oaks or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's, it's kind of a trip because all the houses on the block, it's a pretty decent, decent neighborhood. And their house, the only house looked like the Adams family. Right. <laughs> like there was just like this darkness to the house. You walk up to the house and, you know, the, all the curtains are pulled. It's dark in there. No lights coming in. You got, you walk in. The whole house is just yeah. stuff everywhere. Cats jumping out of different places and shit. And wow. Like, <laughs> like, all right, this this just looks like the typical possessed house or whatever. Or or, or the drummer of a real metal <laughs> band that's yeah. like actually living like so, that life. You know, I, I go in and uh, walking around and she told me this is the room where the her son was having dreams. She said that he was having dreams that this uh this woman was coming to him in his dream and saying that she was going to kill nick Whoa. and um she said her name was uh succubus 
Now, if you look up, I mean, you can Google it or whatever, look up what the succubus is. It's a mythological uh, demon, female demon that come and has sex with men in, in, in their sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, and the incubus is the, the male counterpart. Um, so, oh, wow. That's crazy. Incubus. The, yes. The, the band. The band. You know them? I've heard I've they, heard they of them. Grew up yeah. around here, yeah. Brandon Boyd, I think, is the yeah. Same. So, you know, listening to the whole story and everything, and um, I'm walking in the house, walking around, just trying to find out, you know, what's going on. And I walk down into the, I guess it was his studio, and the guy Nick, he pops up. He's like a little itty bitty dude, uh huh. You know, and he he pops up. He's like, hey. And he just kind of turns and walks away from me. Is like, so you guys, you guys are the guys, huh? Like, yeah, you know, we heard, you know, this stuff was going on and yada yada yada. He's like, oh yeah, the boy, he's, you know, there's nothing to it. And I told him, I said, Nick, well, it sounds like um, you're in a battle for your soul, and you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Um, if you have any questions, you know, come by and we talk about anything. I said, you know, we can pray for you right here and now. And we did. Um, we prayed with them and everything. I said, if, if you want to come by and, and so forth and to, uh, come to the church, cool. He didn't really think much of it. He died two weeks later on stage. Of um, uh, what, like a heart attack or something? Had a heart attack. Um, I, I mean... You go through experiences like that, and you see those things happen. You say, well, did the succubus get him? I wouldn't say that the succubus got him. But I would say when faced with the opportunity to receive um, eternal salvation, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I think that's a, that's something important. It's something to not take for granted. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to try and force it on anybody and say, you got to do this right here and now. Otherwise you're going to hell. I don't know. Where are you going? <laughs> I don't know where are you going or what you about to do in the next five minutes. But I do know that the, the, the amount of time between life and death is one breath. And sometimes you don't know, you don't know if tomorrow is promised. You don't know if that's maybe your last, last time to hear the gospel and to get to know Jesus. You just don't know. I don't know. But if you said get to know God, I'd be all in. But when mm-hmm. you say Jesus, I think that like 90% of your people are going to just step out. Well, it's not a numbers game for me, and it's definitely not a numbers game for God. Can I can I do my thing just for like five minutes? I'll even time it. Because you seem like a uh, very patient, nice person. Uh-huh. And I like to get to know who I'm talking to a little bit. So, so are you you're from Washington State or I'm from Seattle? Stop. That's just you want to talk about demons? Let's talk. What? No, continue. What? What happened? Washington I State or Wash, Washington? I don't know. Washington. I'm from Seattle. God. Seattle, Washington. Yes. Seattle, cool. It's yeah. nice up there. I mean, it's pretty. I haven't been up there for 20 years. Oh. But I came down here in 2000. So you were born, you grew up there? Born and raised there, yeah. And so what kind of family do you come from? Do you come from like a church family or? Uh, I was, uh, yeah, we went to church for we, the most we, part, but I played I played a lot of sports. 
um, soccer and basketball. So like when that started happening, as I got probably 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 into my high school years and stuff like that, I wasn't doing so much of the going to church and everything. Because, you know, have games and tournaments and stuff like that on the weekends. So you, you had a pretty good upbringing, and you were into sports, and you were living... You weren't, like, uh, gang-banging or drug addict yeah. or any of that. You were. Yeah, I mean, I, I had my had my peoples I hung with, for sure. <laughs> so when I'm, when I'm, I, didn't, I, never, I never did drugs. I never, never did no drugs. I never did no alcohol or anything like that. I, I had my fair share of crazy stuff that I did. And I did it sober, which means I didn't have no excuse. But, but kind of what I'm getting at is what you said earlier: is you can't give what you you can't. What I don't know what you call it. Preach. You didn't call it preaching. You call you can't it minister about anything if you haven't minister, been through. Minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't minister something you haven't got or been through. Yeah. So I'm just wondering: have you been through some shit or or what? Like, because yeah. you seem to be doing a pretty good job at it. Because I'm a hard nut to crack, and I'm just. Like, what you find is a lot of our experiences are common, um, even if they're not the exact same. Mm-hmm. They're relatable. Um, like even in the instance you talked about uh, being suicidal, I can relate to that. I don't know the cause for which you got to the place of, of feeling that way, mm-hmm. but I do know what it feels like to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can relate. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was matter of fact, we have a men's meeting at, at the gym on Tuesdays as well. And we were talking about how how the country's been so divided, particularly over the last year, um, on things such as race and so forth and so on. And I I grew up completely, I'll just tell you, completely averse to even being around white folks for a lar- large period of my, you know, probably my teens and going into my early 20s. Yeah, well, I grew up institutionalized, so I know what that's like there, you know. So. Yeah, it's separated. Yeah, um, my my angst came because I was like, I can't relate to them, and you know, it even turned into a paranoia where I thought, oh, you know, the white folks out to get me, they're gonna do this and so forth and so on. And it's like, it wasn't until I had experiences, I went to Pepperdine over here. Yeah, in Malibu. Oh, okay. I go to Pepperdine and I'm dealing with certain folks and listening to some of their stories, and it's like. I can actually relate to them. I'm like, shit, I didn't even know that some of y'all's situation is probably actually worse than mine. And um, so that kind of that kind of broke something out of me. It broke an apprehension that I had had that really um, was founded on ignorance, although I thought, you know, I know, you know, because I'm, you know, where I come from, I know what's up. And, and really, I was, I was completely naive. I think there's these these bubbles that we live in. Even if you live in the hood, you live in the city, you're living in a bubble. You're living in a particular circle. And what you think about people in another circle might be completely, completely off until you take the time to have the conversation with them and realize, wait a minute, we got some common things we can actually talk about and have discourse about. Well, right. I mean, ignorance breeds fear, right? Because yeah. you don't know. That's you don't where know. the fear comes from, and the paranoia and everything like that, and the divisiveness. And getting back to what you just said. Uh, what do you mean pat- divisive? The divisiveness. What is that? Where we're divided. Oh, divided. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you and Pat mentioned about religion. A lot of it's because 
people don't know. If you only stay in a little, I think you mentioned Pentecostal. If you only stay in a little Pentecostal or Catholic bubble or something like that, then what starts to develop is certain superstitions about, like we talked about, even the, the paintings and the crosses and this, that, and the other. A lot of what I study and we go over in Bible study in church is, is called comparative studies. Hmm. So I look at, we're looking at Hinduism and its roots. It, you know, other ancient Near Eastern religions that existed during the time of the experience of what became the Bible. Oh, uh, why? To really find out what, what, what's the mentality behind what they were actually experiencing. Because there is a right interpretation of it, but the only way you're going to be able to so interpret it. So you're saying it, there's a right interpretation of other religions? Yeah, you've got to take it from the context of what they were actually experiencing. Yeah, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, a lot of what we interpret even about the Bible is so superstitious. Well, that's the problem with the Bible. I'm not saying there's a problem, but it can be interpreted in a thousand different ways, right? And Yeah, people do. I mean, the story of the rise and the death of Jesus even can be, if you think of it as parables and parabolic and stories, well, then maybe that's a story to, to portray a message or a lesson and not literal. That's where I get a little tripped up, you know? Yeah, I understand that. But no, there, there's, there's some concrete evidences that are to be taken literally. There are some rhetorical devices. And you know this because you've studied it? I study the hell out of it. And you ask <laughs> questions? Yep. I have a pastor. I have a, a, a guy I've sat under also that teaches the ancient Hebrew hieroglyphics. So it's actually the hieroglyphic language that preceded you're really into this stuff, huh? Yeah. Is this your number one thing? Yeah. I mean, aside from my wife and my kid, yeah. Oh, because I was looking at your finger just wondering who you were. I didn't see a ring, so I was like, oh, I... Oh, yeah, people got questions about that, too, but I am married. Okay. <laughs> How many kids? One, unless you know somebody that I, I, <laughs> How old? He's, he just turned five. Oh, oh nice. Man. My girl's seven. Yeah. Yeah. Great, Danielle, do you have any questions? Um, she said she did have a question. Or was that just about the, the painting? Well, it was about the painting, and then I forgot. I, I have a question. Why? Why do you? Just why do you think that you get so frustrated when other people aren't like? I think a lot of my frustration came like right after my relapse because mm -hmm. I like I connected and it everything just made sense and I finally felt like I understood. Well, but by the way, everyone, it's not Veronica anymore. Oh yeah, it's Danielle. It's Danielle, which everybody knows. Danielle, she's about to be the first. <clears throat> person under the learning to lose umbrella with her own podcast hopefully hopefully i don't know how you're gonna do it you I can do it either. here well he said i could just record it on my phone yeah i could talk to anybody and just post it yeah they can yeah. be short they five be, minutes ten minutes. i already have so many great conversations that oh i've recorded God, so i can do that that's amazing Sorry. i just need greg's help but um, yeah so i was just wondering if maybe jonathan could help you Mm -hmm. he's helped me already by listening how he's so calm about it yeah. I think when I know the truth for me that what the truth is is that Jesus died for us how do you know he's that my God I can't and how, explain why is it. it truth why I mean can you back that up somehow 
That's what I asked him too. I mean, my, my thing is, if prove it. Is. If it's true, proven. What is uh, what exactly are you asking to prove? The existence of Jesus? No, that Jesus is the only way to salvation. That Jesus is who the Bible says he is, literally and not right. metaphorically, and that. Not only do his teachings help you whether you believe that or not, but you have to believe that he is and was literally what the Bible says, even though everything else in the Bible is a story to and, teach and, a and, lesson. And also, if you can't explain well, it, that's the thing. but also if you can't explain it, how can you possibly expect others to be on right. the same page I you're understand. on? There, actually, I'll kind of go backwards. One, there's no expectation for others to... to uh, we want to. I no, want I that. to. That's the crazy if, part. If I, like, if you actually, could tell me something and it clicked, I would be such a Jesus. I would tattoo it on my forehead. You know what? I'll tell you this. That's actually the beauty of it. There's not supposed to be some one clever thing that I say to make it click. Mm-hmm. It has to be faith. It actually. So everyone says they have an experience. It comes, so through, it comes through an experience I've with God, and when when you know, you're gonna know. I can I can preach the word to you. I can tell you. Yeah, you we can also, go through the scripture. We can break well, down this, that, and the other from top to bottom. A butterfly landing but on as the right far person as me at trying the right time to is an experience for you. Convince you. Yeah. Um, that's actually going to be a conviction that develops of your own of your own experience, not of my. But also, I think like what you were saying about the whale thing is like. It, the the, the 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 fact that it's being harder, the fact that we're like struggling with it, mm-hmm. can be an example to all the other people struggling. Mm-hmm. So that when we finally do get it, mm-hmm. if yeah. we finally do get it, we'll be able to reach yeah, and touch way more this. people. Danielle, right? Isn't that crazy? Question. It can... says one man plants, one man waters, but it's God that gives the increase. I have a question before you leave. Can we all pray together and you pray over them both? Sure. And kind of just help them like be open or I have, pray for. I let you know, Jesus I'm not one to... of those that do them long prayers. I'm one of those guys. If we at Thanksgiving, we it's time to bless the food. We're gonna say thank you, Jesus, and get to eating. I've been, I've, I've been prayed over. I've been prayed over. It's for me. It's a knowing. It's just a knowing. I can't. Yeah, but you know I what? Can't explain it. But by you, like even just that right there is like you're wanting to force the will in the hand of God. Uh-uh. It's not trying to force the will. It's actually opening the opening up to allow God to do what He said He would do. Cool. Nobody convinced. Nobody uh, convinced Moses. I'm sure you heard of Moses right. and the burning the burning bush uh, scenario. Um, there's no like prodding of Moses in terms of getting him to believe that he was having a philosophical encounter with but God. Here's the thing: is I get fed by God every day. I mm-hmm. pray all. I probably pray more than anyone I know. That's the other crazy. And so part. I'm already getting fed. I don't understand why this. If I say Jesus or God, why it matters? Like, I'm getting fed. I know well, something's uh, happening. I can feel it in my well, heart. Well, we talked about it earlier, and, and I'm glad you're saying that. You, you're getting fed. We said it earlier. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. Two things. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come down from heaven. Jesus is that bread that's feeding you. John chapter 1 says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Everything that was made was made by Him, and nothing was made that was made without Him. So it's the very spoken Word of God that became flesh, Danielle, known as Jesus. This is how the the contraction of right Jesus. It's actually a contraction, a contraction of two Hebrew words, 
Yahweh and Yeshua. All right. So it really means God, our helper. Yeshua is our helper. Hmm. Yahweh is the covenant name that God gave to when, when he introduced himself, so to speak, to Moses. So basically. So Jesus is, in terms of his function, Jesus is God, our helper in the flesh, not just some esoteric force or being floating in the air. It's literally God coming and sitting before you and saying, I'm here right now. Jesus Christ, Christ means deliverer. So Jesus, it's not just his name. It was what he functioned as. This is crazy. He bro. functioned as God trip, in the flesh. Trip, trip on this. Coming to Watch. deliver us back to God himself. So so this is just like a ama- this is pretty profound. I'm having kind of a, a, a thing right now where I'm like I think I'm I'm closer than I've ever been because of what you're saying. Because I'm I'm thinking about how we're so we're, we're, we're so uh, rebellious, yeah. me, me and Billy, right? It's like, okay. I, I get, no, but it, I'm just, I'm realizing what he's saying. Basically what he's saying is all these things that Jesus is saying are all the things that we already believe. So I guess a better question would be, why don't we want to just believe why are we holding on to this idea? Why can't we just let go of this, like, you know? Well, I have answers for that, but yeah. Okay. Well, you're, well, you're talking about some old shit that happened to you when you were a kid. No, like no, he said, no, I'm not talking about that. He said, Jesus in the flesh, not esoteric. Why not esoteric? Why does it have to be Jesus in the flesh? Does it say, I mean... Well, I guess, and the I don't question, want to just beat a dead horse, you know. You're not, I don't but, 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 my my question would be to you: Why not? Why? Because in, oh, in, in, you know, innocent. you just hit something. Because I don't want to be a joiner of a bunch of fucking sheep. Okay, that's the that's the thing, though, right? And if we have an open mind, and if we surrender, you know, Jesus said He came to save the lost sheep. So when you say when you say you don't want to be a follower of a bunch of, of I'm not saying sheep. you guys are that I'm no, just saying my that's, that's how my mind okay because the thing about it is the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 53 it says we all like sheep have gone astray we've all gone our own way one of the things that God sees man as he sees him as sheep that's why he refers to Jesus as the good shepherd hmm. because <laughs> we're like sheep that have all gone so, astray and the whole root of sin. This fucking is guy. that we have gone, we've decided to do things our own way. So mm-hmm. Jesus came to bring back those lost sheep. He says in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow. And it's the same thing with like sobriety, right? Yeah. If God is, if we, God we, calls we, me a sheep, I have no problem with that. Right. And, 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 and we had to get <laughs> I behind. I have no problem with being a sheep if God's saying that's what you are. But we also, we had to get behind this idea of, 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 of a surrendering and joining the winning team and 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 sort of suppressing our ego and admitting complete defeat right mm-hmm. and and doing this is something that was hard for us for the same reason it's hard for you to join the rest I don't of the see team. them as the winning team though <clears throat> well, I mean again like uh, yeah but a, you, you didn't see you know you don't see who is the winning team well if the there's christians a, i guess i mean is that what we call them jesus followers disciples uh, 
I mean, they're different. Christians cannot be Jesus followers. They just say they're Christians because they inherited it. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I oh, know my parents mean. were Christians. I went to church. I'm a Christian. And then you got people who follow Jesus, and they, like, actually read the shit and try to live by it. Yeah. And they, they are kind of winning, though. Actually, the people that follow... Well, Evigan is. He's yeah. my one good example. I'm like, dude, I respect that guy. Yeah. The people that follow the hardest after Jesus... When you follow hard after Christ, you don't have to try and be Christ-like. Because the effect of following after him is going to rub off on you. He's going to cause you to be Christ-like. You don't have to try. A lot of Christians, like you said, that are trying to yeah, live by yeah. this or live by that or try and derive certain principles out of the book to say, I have to be like this to well, be I like I relate with that 100% because I can't. Even if I try, I can't. And so. God And the Bible... <laughs> God makes it very clear, I've never put that stipulation on you to try. In fact, God says in Ezekiel 36, he says, I'll place my spirit inside of you and cause you to walk in my ways. Jesus, when he, before he resurrected, he said, I'm going to send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell inside of you. He was referring to the very promise that was in Ezekiel 36, that God is, when you accept Jesus, that God is going to literally place his likeness inside of you and cause you to develop into being more and more like Christ. I it's think a that's process. Happening to me. Yeah, it's a process. It's not a the it's not a moment. The things that I thought and did even 3 years ago are different now. Yeah. It's more and more of him. And I used to want to cause harm because I'm hurt. Mhm. But I don't. It was a conflict. But the conflict is subsiding, and I just want to be kind and loving. Yeah. And I used to hate the breeders and the normal people because of why I was raised, you know, and the people with money because I was poor as shit. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, this. how amazing is this guy? I love it. I, I love I'm it. so glad that you're here, and I think what you're saying is so profound, and you're being so honest and it's just amazing. And, and, and it's like everything that you're saying, he's literally bringing a scripture. He's answering all yeah. your questions. That's pretty cool. With pretty specific cool. shit that's written in the fucking Bible. <laughs> and you're like, but no. And we're like, no. And it's like, okay, well, this is where my head goes. My head goes, but I bet you there's the same shit in the Torah and in Buddhist teachings and in whatever else, it's all, there's, there's not all really. this shit is the same. Well, you know what he said? They do a comparative, they do comparative studies. It's not so the I, same. I haven't said, so that's just me trying to say and in something fact, I don't know anything about. The Torah is, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Right. So it's not separate and apart. Yeah. Um, and as far as the Buddhist teachings, you got to understand the, uh, the Vedic scriptures, as they're known, that gave way to Hinduism and uh, then later on Buddhism, aren't so much about. Uh, what's up, man? You got all type of people coming out this Oleg, that's our that's our Ukrainian our Ukrainian roommate. He's awesome. <laughs> Big ass Russian dude, come out of here like that. <laughs> um, you know all of those uh, the also the Sangitas, which was the uh, scriptures of, of, of Buddha. And his teachings, a lot of them are philosophical and more philosophical in nature. Uh -huh. The Bible isn't, and what Jesus brought isn't actually philosophical. In fact, 
Paul warns in, in Ephesians, he says, Beware lest anybody spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So as far as the Bible being filled with these philosophies and ways of living and how to interpret life, it's actually not there. Well, the trouble is those don't work. No. That's why Jesus They're said... They're fun I'm to the, think about, but you can't actually act them out. And that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Because there's no philosophy. There's no way of, quote-unquote, living well, like, that's going to somehow get you back you to that right relationship. Like you need that God power to, to, to live that way. Started, and okay. Jesus is just saying, come through me. I'm going to take my hand, follow me. I'm going to lead you back to the Father. And graft you back into that relationship and you walk it out with him from that point on well i'm gonna come to your thing can do you have a schedule or something you can text yeah, we'll, or we'll, we'll write it down it. or yeah, i'll just give you one of my cards because so uh this is going to take more than just but one I, time sitting I, for me. I i've i've never <laughs> there you go i mean yeah. i guess i guess you could say i guess you couldn't really say that i've i've definitely never heard anyone speak as well He's the most yeah. well-versed person. And even the fact they do a comparative thing, I mean, that's open-mindedness, yeah. right? I it's, figured, uh, I started it But it's not a sorry, few years ago. Finish, I'm not, it's not just how well you know it, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. You say it with a kind of uh, humility and like a, a calm... Casually, kind of. Th- that's yeah. just... And it's like a love. There's a loving mm-hmm. thing happening too, and it's really profound right. because that's how you're gonna. It's the love. That's how people are gonna hear it. Yeah. There's a. I don't know. It's almost like you're smiling on the inside a little bit. I yeah. am. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I can feel it. Sometimes, like when I first start hearing the word, um, and start learning some of the stuff that I'm talking about now. I was really amped up and it was, there were almost times when I was trying to force people like, you got to know this. And you if you don't know that, then you're tripping. And, da, 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 right. and it was like, God had to meek me. Mm. He had to take me through some experiences. Did, did you to, hear what he said? To really me- cause me. No. Yeah. He, he says that he was saying how a horse gets meeked. By you got to run them around the ring time and time again That's where the until, word they, until they're from. tired out. And then you can start to train them. Got it. So the running around the rink isn't the, isn't the training. Right. That's the meeking. Then you temper them by training them. See, the Bible talks about in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know those? Love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, kindness, long-suffering. It talks about temperance, meekness, faith. All right. Um, and, you, and you can see somebody by their fruit. You can, but it doesn't tell us to judge it. Mm. That's where a lot of Christians have problems. They mm-hmm. say, oh, you can tell a man by his fruit. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus said. Yeah, Jesus said it, not you. Right. So you don't get to be the one to say, well, that's good fruit or that's bad fruit. Right, right, right. No, right. he's the... He's the husbandman. Right. He's the one who planted the garden. He's the one that planted the seed. He's the one who gets to pick up the fruit and say, this one's good. This one's bad. But, but also, I think, I think, it. but I also think something that's the most, I think the most important thing or one of the, one of the most, the things that we forget the most is that this isn't any kind, none of this is permanent. So you don't just become 
ripe fruit. Mm-hmm. You get, you get rot. You might have rotten days. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that we, it's like a daily reprieve. That's what I love about mm-hmm. um, yes. our, our Alcoholics Anonymous is like a, we talk about the, the ego having these incredible recuperative powers mm-hmm. and I have it. I have the humility. I have the, and then like all of a sudden I forget and I, cause the world is filled with these distractions. Yeah, absolutely. The more and there's you, nothing worse than spiritual pride. If someone comes at you with spiritual pride, it's complete shut, shut down. You know? yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying about the, sometimes the angst mm-hmm. was, it was because I started learning it and it was like, Oh, I know this, and I feel so convicted about it mm-hmm. that I got to make everybody else know mm-hmm. it. And if you say anything contrary to what I'm saying, then you're somehow attacking me. And it's like, then God starts showing me. If they say anything that's contrary to what I have showed you, then I'll deal with them myself. Trying to defend God, mm-hmm. trying to defend Jesus mm-hmm. is like trying to defend a lion or a tiger. You ain't got to defend them. Just open up the cage and let them out. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna open and, and up the Bible so, and just let it all out, and you deal with it from there. And like I see something in Danielle that's like so incredible. She's yeah. such a great, amazing spirit. But I think that there's a part the one of the only like things I would want her to look at mm-hmm. that I think she could be so much more effective and so much more the person that she, I think wants to be is if you kind of know that Mm -hmm. lions got it and you can just be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, okay. Because I think sometimes like there are a lot of times we have a meeting where we read this. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we sort of, we will let it be known to the people that are watching us online that we're not like Jesus freaks. We're not religious. We don't want to turn anyone off. We're just Mm -hmm. reading some shit that was written. That helps our life. Yeah. And, and I think that, and then sometimes we say that and she kind of gets like weird. She's like, why are you or like, I'd start defending and I'm like, well, I'm a believer in your head. Mm-hmm. You, you do, which is yeah. okay. I, I think that's okay. Cause you can be that voice, but well, you know, what's uh, we're, we're trying I mean, to, I'm a, I'll tell you, I'm a Jesus freak and I don't mind being a freak. And that's cool. And My I, wife don't mind me being a freak. That's I'm why we Jesus got our five year old kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we all want to be freaks for something and we all are freaks for what we choose to be. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay because you're not, you know, what's weird about our following though. So many of them are Jesus people. You know, mm. it's like half of my followers are Jesus people. Mm. And then the other half are maybe still seeking. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't want to miss out on any of the seekers just because they're like, Oh, this is some religious shit. I'm out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you something Jesus said to kind of take some, some pressure off of you. Because you care about people and you want to see people experience the success of salvation and deliverance. And that's a great thing. It's an admirable thing. But Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow. He says they won't follow the voice of a stranger. The greatest prayer that you can pray, pray is God use me and God speak through me to bring your people unto mm. yourself. It's gonna take it's gonna take all of the pressure off of you as far as you know. I gotta be this way or not be that way to try and get this type of person or that person. Fuck it. He already knows who he is called, and he knows exactly what he's taking them through. He knows when they're going to hear, when they're going to turn. He already knows that. He's just looking for some willing vessels 
that will just say, Lord, here I am, use me. Yeah. He's looking for some men that he can say, that will say, Lord, let me go out here and water for you today. Lord, let me go out and plant some seed for you today. But you're the one that's going to cause the sun to rise and to cause the increase. I often do that, but I say God. I don't say Jesus. Do you think it matters? Uh, yeah. So I, you think I should say Jesus? I'll try it. If you believe. If you if you if you don't if you're not there then I don't know. You no. know what? I, here's a comment. Real I've quick. said both. So here's a comment. I posted you talking, and so I'm gonna check one of these out. Not into religion, but might want to hear your cross talk. So that's kind of like what you just said. Yeah, we're reaching a lot of people, bro. Okay, good. Pretty cool. The Lord knows who he's gonna, he's trying to reach, and the thing about it, the one of the things I love about God. He's not a people pleaser. Jesus, he's not a people pleaser. Mm. He's not concerned about the numbers. He's not concerned about quantity. He's concerned about quality. Mm. He didn't and please see, a lot of people. He didn't. He, in fact, <laughs> he Jesus. He did not please a lot of people. Exactly. In uh, fact, but, 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 Jesus but, but, said, but, I always do those things that are pleasing to my father. But at the same time, I think that's a really great way of making art, running a business, and it is the most, it is the best-selling book ever written, mm-hmm. and it is the most popular religion, I think, for that reason, because you can't be trying to please everyone. Exactly. Right? And there's a saying in, like, business, it's like, if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one, or some shit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we're, 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 I mean, that's just, a, there's, there's a, just there, right there, there's another lesson. Don't do it. When I start thinking about like getting more, I'm like neglecting what I have. You just solved your financial fear. And also maybe like I already <laughs> have, we already have three, I already have 350,000 followers on TikTok. Like, and I just keep looking to these other people that have like a million. And Ask them all for it. It might also subtly I mean, pervert your message. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. No, he just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. No, but I'm not, no, and and it has, at times, it has caused me to, uh, you know, maybe like sort of lean into some drama here and there because I know it will do well, and and more people will follow, and that's kind of another, like a little bit of a struggle because right today everything is very oversaturated. Yeah, it's very very difficult to stand out and to be heard today. So I'm I'm, I'm allowing some of the drama because there is a lot of drama naturally in this house. So it attracts a lot of like onlookers, you know, like when there's an accident you, you look, Yeah. but the difference is I'm po- I'm posting right after the drama post, I'm posting some, some surrender or some solution. I need to up my solution posts a little bit. How big is your church? How many people show up usually? I don't know. You I know? just roll with whoever shows up. Five to ten, twenty. Sure. Yeah. I mean, someday you don't promote it or anything. Not really. Do you have an Instagram? I do for the for the gym. I haven't used it since since we had shut down back in mm. April. Or yeah, April. We had shut down. I haven't really used <clears throat> so, it. So so that's one thing that I always trip out on, right? <clears throat> Is like. What stops you or 
anyone else who has something that could help so many people, what stops them from wanting to talk about it on these social media platforms so that more people can hear about it? Well, I, I mean, honestly, and it was a, for me, it was kind of a big, big deal do, going live stream and doing, so I live stream the, the church service and Bible studies That's right. on, on Facebook. Yeah. And what, why uh, was it a big deal? Cause I was, I was like, I don't want to do none of that crap. For well, me, it's like, it's one of them things that I just trust God's word. I take it for exactly what it says. He says, where, where I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto myself. I lift up the name of Jesus Christ and he brings people in and people start telling people and but it, I mean, it's grown like that. Yeah. I don't really, I've never, even with my training business, I'm never big on like doing the whole, you know, social media and stuff. I do it for like, Veronica can probably tell you, you might see me on there for like, I'd be hot for like two weeks on it. And then <laughs> I just, you forget how important it is but well because i'm just i'm i'm so into what i'm actually doing yeah that as far as trying to do all the rest of the stuff i'd be stretched too far too thin to do all the rest basically i'm I'm just basically what i'm saying tip for anyone who's listening or you especially because i think that your message is is really incredible and the way you say it is is profound this is kind of like a, this is a normal part of life now. Social yeah. media, streaming, especially more so now than ever because of the COVID thing. So it's like we have to start using these things as like a normal way, You're right? right? You're right. And, and then and I've been doing that, and I, I and now that I've been seeing the results. Meaning like once I started really doing it, once it started really resonating, I started to see how many people need it Right in different, different states, countries, all over the, it's like now I'm almost, now I feel almost obligated. I'm like, Whoa, like, okay, now I have to do this now because it's like, these people need to hear this shit. They need to know that they're not alone and, and they need to know that there's an answer and there's a solution. I probably um um I thank you for saying that because it's actually confirming something for me. Yeah. Because when uh, Veronica asked me about coming over, I I prayed on it because last last I think it was last week, no two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, somebody else at, hit me up was like you know let's start doing this doing this podcast yeah. we got to get the message out there. Yeah. And, you know, they're like you know what you're talking about and everything people got to hear this they got da 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 da. And so I've been praying. I'm like, Lord, is this what you want? Because for me, I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want people to see me. Mm. You know, uh, seeing me is not important to me. Right. Um, You know, that's ego, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird ego in reverse. I think that once we get real humility and once we really recognize how like insignificant we are, we're like, I don't matter at all. Let me just be the vessel. Yeah, that's for me. That's what I want to do. But yeah, it's like you got to get out there. And but we get I knew caught it was up on take that push. Yeah, 
from some other folks probably for me to say, yeah. all right, fine, let's just go ahead and get on a, get on a podcast. Because yeah. I would never set up a microphone. I, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, I get it. I wouldn't either. I, I would, would never, never be do doing it. this. And that's I, why I, I want I get on it like we are and, yeah. and do it. And like the other people that invited me to do it a couple weeks ago, um, I have no problem with it. But as far as it being something that would, that would probably come from me, it probably wouldn't. Yeah, that's why I wanted Billy because he has – I have, I think like I'm actually realizing like right now, I think what, what my gift is, is that I figured something out, um, that most people who aspire to do what I'm doing haven't figured out, Mm -hmm. which is that I'm not that important and it doesn't really matter how I look like people think, ah, it's like, this is kind of hard to explain. And that's kind of why I wanted Billy because he's not like tripping on that shit. He's not trying to be in the spotlight. He never was trying to do the social media thing. Therefore his message is going to be pure. Whereas most people that are like trying to win online are so caught up with how they look and how they're going to be perceived and all this other shit that, that they don't even, it's, it's all about fame for them. And, And it's like, I've been in the band. I've had the stuff. I know it's not what, what's going to make me happy. And then I started speaking at meetings and I realized that when I'm speaking at a AA meeting, what other people think of me is their problem. What other people think of me is their opinion. And I only want to try to speak the truth. And, and, and the, the main goal should only be to touch somebody by my truth. And, and I just, I can't, and also recognizing that like the way I think about myself is not how everyone else thinks of me. Like we're not important. Like we're only as important as like we think other people are like, ah, oh, it's like hard to explain, you know, like we're not as important as we think we are. If that makes sense. Amen. <laughs> right. <laughs> That says it all right there. But does that make sense though? Like, like when you're speaking in front of a thousand people, you're like, oh my God, it's so, it's so nerve wracking. Right. But if you knew the truth, which is that these people are really just worried about themselves. And when you get off the podium, they're going to leave and they're going to forget. Mm-hmm. That's, it gives me the strength to be like so honest and to not get caught up on like right. how I look. And then, and then you like really touch people because they see that you're like just yes. being honest you know yep. so I, I i don't think there's a lot of people out there doing what i'm doing on the platforms that i'm doing them on that, that are thinking that way so that's part of what learning to lose is also yeah it's like learning to uh just be like i don't know like a loser or like just like normal flawed human with like stuff that's like we all have our little things that we think are ugly and we hate hearing ourselves talk and we don't like how we look in a certain angle we all have those like things you know right as soon as we can forget about those things and realize that everyone else has them too now we can start getting to the to the real stuff it's just crazy how long it's taken us to to get i feel like we are starting to get to that place with social media uh-huh. And I just, it's weird how long it's taken, you know, social media has been a thing for what, maybe 10 or 15, Greg, how long has social media been around like 10, 15 years. 10 or 15 years? Yeah. And I think that this negative 
stigma around it is slowly starting to like evaporate hopefully and we're get we're we're hopefully going to be able to be more honest and not be so caught up on like oh it's a camera oh it's a it's just going to slowly become just normal and everyone can just be honest yeah does that make sense yeah i mean i, I, I got to thank you for inviting me to come on cuz i i appreciate the organic um uh, just the reality of of everything just being able to sit down just have a conversation with people. Yeah. I know for me, I was like, please, I don't want no damn script or nothing like no shit like that. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't roll with a script. Yeah. Like, everybody will tell you that comes to the church, come to Bible study, I don't have a script. I love it. I don't have a, I don't have sermon notes. I don't have none of that stuff. You don't prepare, though? I mean, you must prepare. Yeah, I read. I he's already, he's been preparing for t- t- 20 years or how long I, have you I been read a study how long have you been doing this for 10 years he's been preparing for 10 years um, right god been preparing me for the last almost 40 years of my right, life right, 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 right and that's been one of the greatest learning uh experiences yeah. is as he starts to reveal to me more and more uh, these are the things i've been preparing you for and do you do you feel lifted up after us what do you call it church after a sermon or something sermon yeah when you say lifted up, what do you mean? Like sometimes the meeting we have out here, I, I start to really feel like, what is it? Like the weight off my shoulders and like maybe the presence. Uh, I can, yes and no. Um, uh, it's normal. and uh, one. Of, in fact, one of the things the Bible speaks about is um, not being deceived by your emotions. Right, emotions. And not getting so caught up in your emotions. Because that's actually where that's really the devil's playground yeah. is wow, your emotions. That's heavy. I like yeah. that. Um, well, so talk like about in, it in the big book too. Emotionalism, or it's, yeah. it's not the real thing. It's right there. And I'm sure you read Genesis chapter three. It talks about the serpent. No, I haven't read Fuck it. Yeah. No, you yeah. heard about Adam and Eve in the garden, the serpent, yeah. and all yeah. that stuff, and uh-huh. how the wow. serpent deceived them. Yeah, and it says that uh, God that cursed the serpent. He said, "You'll crawl up on your belly all the days of your life." Uh-huh. Have you ever heard this? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I've heard people try and interpret this as, oh, well, that's because the serpent used to have four legs and God was making him just have no legs. That's not what it's about. The serpent that they're talking about is actually a divine being. And when the Bible refers to belly in the Hebrew, it actually means the seat of emotions. The warning that God was giving man in the garden was, now that you have fallen, now that you've separated yourself in relation to me, you need to watch out because the serpent is going to deceive you through your emotions and through your carnal, your carnal nature and your carnal appetites. He, he, and because he, you've sought after he's acquiring knowledge and the serpent actually without means. me, you're going to suffer the consequences of acquiring that knowledge without me. What Adam and Eve did in the garden was not immoral. It was unethical. And what I mean by that is the means by which they sought out to acquire the knowledge that they got, it was unethical because they did it outside of the bounds of the, of way, the way God wanted to do it. Mm. And it separated them in relation to God. I love this to God. because it makes sense. Yeah, this is. I've always known that it wasn't so, about a fruit or a serpent. No. Or, 
I've always known that there's so much more to no, this. And it's Bible actually very thing. straightforward and, but, and but, simplistic. But, but like you and I relevant need to somebody today. like you to like break this shit down because it doesn't get broken down that way in the Bible. If you can understand what we just talked about here, it will further you understanding why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Because what happened in the garden was man being separated from God. Well, I love what you were saying because that emotionalism traps all, I, oh my God. Traps all of us. I'm mm-hmm. in, I'm, I mean, even pursuing sex and women, that's an emotional hit. It's like an emotional... I'm struggling with the emotional shit right now. Yeah. Or even if with religion, like you get sucked up with, oh, you know, this all is the, the way. And, yeah. But you're really missing the, the like... That's why when you talked the about middle the Pentecostal, the road, like the Pentecostal experience, yeah, and they get all hyped up, oh, and hyped shit. up, and yeah. this, that, and the other, and they think, oh, I feel the spirit, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, <laughs> and there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus said that the infilling of the Holy Spirit had anything to do with a feeling. It wasn't an emotion. Right. It was literally God putting His stamp on you and saying, "You belong to me now. You're about to you're about to walk in a relationship with me." That actually is bringing you under control. When you take a horse and you put a stamp on it called a brand, it means, all right, this horse is related to me now. And I relate to this horse in a certain way in which I'm going to cause it to be trained to be able to perform in a certain capacity. That's what God is doing through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I hate to say it like that. People like being branded, but... Essentially, when he says, I'm placing my spirit inside of you, he's literally placing his seed or his stamp of approval to say. Well, it's just a way to get your point across. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what he's saying. And um, it's not an emotion because the Bible makes it very clear. The one who's going to prey on your emotions and manipulate your emotions the most is actually Satan. And that's what you need to watch out for. Satan. Like the the angel, the adversary. Okay. In other words, like what's what's going to what's going to make you most adversarial or opposed to the will of God? Yeah. is actually your emotional and ultimately your bring you down and make you miserable. Yes, your emotions will make you more adverse to the will of God than anything else. Yeah, and that's why, like even what you said earlier about the the distaste that you kind of had for for Jesus and everything like that. A lot of it's from emotional. It's an emotional Jesus. That's what, that's, that's the thing. It's and not, it's a distaste that you have for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the emotional Jesus that you were taught actually evokes an emotion in you. And the people speaking it are like on this pedestal above you. Yeah. Like they know something you don't or something <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's kind of par for the course, but it's not something that can't be rectified and straightened up. You just gotta you gotta read the book and you gotta you study it out. And yeah, I've been looking for my Bible, but everything's so con- I can't even find it. I'm sure I could get another one, but you know. Anyhow, I have I'll have one for you when you come to study. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, if I look, I can find your schedule or just text you or something. Just text me. Okay. Yeah. I don't even use that website anymore. And you're able to congregate and stuff? Like, what, do you all sit six feet apart or, yeah. <laughs> you know, do we it? sit about as far apart as you and I are right now. Okay. This is I mean, I, I have no problem with that. I'm just wondering, nowadays, everything's so weird. This is definitely yeah. one of the best podcasts we've ever done. Pat's famous words. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I haven't said it in a while. Well, I like the last one. I have not said it in a while. I know. Okay? <laughs> and I'm saying it now, and I'm also saying that I would love to have you back on because I feel like we could even just like go through What if we like went through What what would you say would be a good place to start? Watch him just say the fucking beginning. Genesis. <laughs> is that is that the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. So like what if we just like read like the first page? That's fine. I don't know. I, I would love to trust like, me. I've I've literally done like seven hour Bible studies on Genesis one and two. Wow. Would you be willing to come back and do that? I come anytime. I only live like ten minutes away. Fuck yeah. Okay. That's so cool. Because I'm I'm like, here every week if I gotta be. Like when you start talking about like the serpent and Adam and Eve and what it really means and I t- and how our emotions are Danielle and how our emotions are. I, cause she, I, I feel like she's just on her. What are you doing? I just did a few things. Okay, I love you. I just I'm he, playing the, tennis, and I, I just bought my tennis shoes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hold up, hold up. Let, jump in with us for a second, okay. okay? Speaking of emotions, will you tell us what you're about to go do, and how you feel about it, and what your emotions are with the tennis thing? Oh, I'm about to play tennis. But like, tomorrow? can you talk into the mic? I'm about to play tennis tomorrow. I'm not. It's not the date that I'm going on. That's not what tomorrow is. But, but tomorrow is in preparation for yeah. the date, right? Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yeah. Because God doesn't want us to have our. He doesn't want our emotions to lead us. Mm. That's what you. That's what she was just talking about. Yeah. Don't let your emotions lead you. Let you let God, the Spirit of God, lead you. Mm. So she's. I think. I don't know. Why don't you explain what this date means to you and how you're feeling about it? I like to get excited about something or have something to look forward to because it keeps me like going. Uh huh. And I've you know I have like a crush. So you're an emotional junkie. Yeah. Wow. He pinned it right away because I I could see that. (laughs) No, but like I am too. um, Most addicts are. Yeah. Um, And and I shouldn't even say most addicts. Most of man is. In fact, just by virtue of God giving that warning to man and woman in the garden um, about emotional manipulation and everything. So God knows that mankind is emotional junkies. And it's not that you can't have emotions, not that you don't have emotion it's just that our emotions need to be trained and there's a huge difference in in the way that the ancient near eastern cultures raised their sons and daughters they raised them for function they raised them to function as as husbands and wives fathers and mothers they didn't raise their kids just to be adults in fact being a son being a daughter that inferred a certain function. It wasn't just a title that you had just because you came from someone's loins. Um, And so with all of that, there is a specific function to even emotions that you have to be mindful of. And that's what, what for us in the way we're we're raised in our westernized culture, we're not aware of that. Mm. In fact, you know, you mentioned about sex and everything like that. You don't have to teach from the Bible saying that it's a sin 
to have sex before marriage. Because that's not in the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. So Nowhere be in there. Evenly yoked. And anything to be even, evenly yoked. In fact, the covenant of marriage was established through sexual intercourse. So if he knows that going into a certain woman means that, oh shit, I got to take care of her. If he doesn't want to take on that responsibility, the prohibition is built into the wisdom that he has about the obligation. So you don't have to teach him, oh, Billy, God's going to be mad at you and he's going to strike you dead if you have sex with that woman. Mm -hmm. No, because matter of fact, as soon as he has sex with the woman and God doesn't strike him down, you know what he's going to do? He's going to keep having sex with that woman <laughs> over and over and over again. And his, his respect towards the character of God is actually going to diminish more and more and more mm. because he's been taught something about God that actually isn't even true. Mm. And so that's what becomes problematic in a lot of what we hear in Christianity today. The Bible doesn't say don't don't have sex before marriage. The Bible actually says, don't be a fornicator. The first form of fornication took place not through an act of sex. The first form of fornication took place when Adam listened to his wife over what God said. That's what fornication means. It means to listen to another voice other than the one that you are in covenant with. So, and you see all throughout the Bible, it's spoken of fornication, adultery, all these things. It ain't God giving a whole book of marriage advice. He talks about it. The whole nation of Israel has fornicated and committed adultery. He ain't talking about their sex lives. Mm -hmm. He's talking about a whole people group that was supposed to be in covenant with him and listening to him and how they have just, completely gone against him and listened to the world. And that's the same damn thing the church is doing and, today. And that makes so much more sense to me because I never was able to wrap my head around this thing about like, because to me, sex seems like natural and beautiful. And if we all are being driven to whatever, but the, the, the thing I wanted to get at was like, I just want to, cause I've seen Rudy and Danielle and me and Billy, we, we all, we, we let our emotions get the best of us mm-hmm. and, and they literally can like rob us from, of our peace mm-hmm. and our, and, and I can see she's in a thing that I think is going to, it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like if she can get right with God before she actually goes on this date, mm-hmm. the date will go way better because she won't be tripping so hard on like what the results are going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just uh, wondering what the what she can stay focused on in these days leading up to this big date. <laughs> Is this a big important one or something or what? No, it's not even that important. It's something I've been like excited, you know, looking forward to. So like I got, I'm actually more excited because I think that when I think of the of being the best version of myself. I see my, I visualize myself playing tennis because I used to play when I was in high school and I won awards and I was on varsity. And so like, that's one of my, like, I'm, I'm good at that. And I feel good about myself when I remember I used to play and all the boys would come watch me and cheer me on. And like, I miss that. 
whatever. Plus, but it's fun too. Right? It is. And so I went to like the racket doc. No, I said at certain country clips. <laughs> but there's um so a friend of mine like is getting me back into it. I went to the racket doctor, I got a few rackets, I just bought new shoes. I bought a tennis skirt. So you're excited to play yeah. tennis. Yeah, and this and isn't even about the date. About... Oh, really? Yeah, this isn't the date is like uh, like a week from now. But is this a special guy? Are you crushing on him? Or is it just kind of like we're going to get together? I mean, he's a really special guy, but I don't know what's going to happen. And I actually don't have any expectations because the last time I had expectations or I thought that maybe something could happen, it just went. It did not happen. So (laughs) I'm now just like giving it to God and like just whatever God's will is for me. I can't like... I'll I'll give you... The only thing I ever tell, especially some of the young ladies that are getting back into dating or looking for, you know, whatever they're looking for, one easy way to cut through the mustard, invite them to church. And the reason why I say that is, I'm not even trying to be funny, is if God is truly your father, mm-hmm. if you had an earthly father that had a Sunday meeting or Sunday dinner that he always wanted you to be at and you said hey i want you new guy whoever you are to come and hear from my father and he said no mm-hmm. i have no interest in hearing mm-hmm. from your father <laughs> i have then i have no interest in continuing to see you some people would be like nah i'm i'm still sticking with this dude but then you have to ask what what's your real relationship with your father if God truly is your father like that. I just felt that. If God truly is your father like that, one of the first things you do, it'll, it's going to cut a lot of bullshit out of your life. But also, I know, it is. but I think also like what maybe. What church can I bring him to? Let's go to his. Yeah. Dude, I'm like fucking with him yeah. big time. No, I know. I love him. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I'm thinking is maybe like, maybe, maybe we'll wait till the second date. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe right. after tennis, be I'll be like, you want to go to church next but, week? But here's I mean, where, here's where the emotionalism is going to come in. If you really like this dude, and he says no. Well, then that's... But he just said it. I know. What's my relationship to the father? Well, yeah, it's true. It's more important. It, but, it's way more important. Than but, 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 but I also think that like... A dude does not <laughs> overrank like my relationship but, with but, God. But I also think it might take you know uh, more than just like one or two dates for someone to know that they actually yeah. want to meet your father. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so I don't think yeah. it needs to be like the first. It time. might not be the first thing you do also, right, when you're getting the racket out. Like, hey, you want to go? Church? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but also you might not even you might do the thing and be like, ah, oh, this fool isn't even what I thought it. Yeah, you exactly. might not even be into it, but yeah, I just, exactly. I just really liked the way you described, um, Adam and Eve and the serpent being like, uh, basically a warning that no, we almost. should not like, I'm just trying to think of what my thing is right now. Um, yeah, it, it, it's pretty easy for me to, to like, uh, remember what my purpose is. And and it's when I think about it, and it's pretty easy for me to not like. I'll go to like, oh, I want to be whatever. I want the show to be like the biggest show on Netflix, mm-hmm. and that's like an emotional thing. It's like a, a need for validation, and I want to be like popular, whatever. Right? Nothing wrong with wanting it. Um. 
Yeah, but I don't want to let my desire for that like override. Like you don't want to compromise the message. Or well, no, I, I was gonna say I don't want to let my desire for that to like rob me of my peace and serenity right. when I don't no. get. Okay. So that's what I'm like kind of dealing with right now. It's like I'll look at. It's just hard with the numbers. Like if the numbers. You, if you just stay the course and just avail yourself every day to God, let this message get to the people that you want to hear from you. Yeah. The numbers will take care of themselves. Yeah. The, the finances will take care of itself. It, it'll all work out according to his will. Um, your focus has to be more upon your relationship with him because how you relate to him is how he's going to relate through you to the people. You understand what I mean? Yeah. The more connected you are to him, the more you're going to actually be able to be useful as a conduit to funnel people back to him. That's what it means to be Christ-like is your connection with the Father. Jesus was the most connected to God the Father of anybody who walked the earth. That's why he said, I and the Father, we're one. And he gives us a means by which, through faith, we can actually be one with him the way he's one with the Father. Not just for our own personal benefit, but for the sake of others also coming into that oneness with God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, Jesus was only concerned with, I got to get to that cross. I got to finish the work that God gave me to do. If you stay focused on the message and what God has for you to do, you're going to have no problems. Well, I shouldn't say that. You'll get there. Yeah. <clears throat> you will have problems. You will have adversities. Um, it won't just be, it won't be easy. In fact, as you stay more and more focused on Jesus, all hell is going to break loose because Satan is going to try to do anything he can to try and get you off course. Because once you become, as you become more and more of a threat to Satan's kingdom and building God's kingdom, he's got to try and do something to stop you. Mm -hmm. And if that means getting you focused on numbers, he'll do it. If that means getting you focused on uh, the finances of everything, he'll do it. Whatever he can do to try and get you off track and focused off of the message and more on the all the other stuff, he's going to do it. So that's so. Do you think that well, I want to wrap up? But do you think we could do a quick little video about the Adam and Eve thing? Are you sure? I don't know what that. I'm just going to have you tell that story. I want to have you try to tell it in a minute. Oh, okay. And I want to just describe how what this is meant to mean. Because I think that a lot of people have a misunderstanding of that. Okay. Uh, thanks for coming. It was a Thanks pleasure. for having me. And we'll, we'll do it again. Right on. Yeah, so